Jim here, Huddle Up Podcast. Um, you can, uh, as always, subscribe to the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast, Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast. Subscribe on all podcast platforms, YouTube as well. Hit the link tree in our social media bios uh, for all of the uh, links and everything and merchandise related to the Huddle Up Podcast. Um, this is a new concept for the feed. This is something that I've been thinking about doing and I'm actually, uh, executing it now. And, uh, it's something that I'm probably going to try to do, um, every week, at least while we are doing live shows, uh, during the football season. And, uh, cause like, you know, we go live on Tuesday nights and then we're off until the following Tuesday. Obviously we have a whole, whole week off in between and a lot goes on. Um, not just in football. So the, the, the original concept of my show, for those who haven't been with me for the nine years I've been podcasting now, um, I started the show as a sports talk show covering all sports, all things, and it has bro- branched off into a pro wrestling podcast, a podcast I do about anything that's not sports or wrestling related, and then this, which has really morphed into a primarily football podcast. We go live during the football season each week. Um, and then this past year, we, we kind of experimented with some like quote unquote off season episodes where we covered, um, a lot of different topics in and around sports, not just football, but like during the football season, there's still other sports going on, baseball, basketball, hockey, um, other things in football that we don't get to cover. And, and honestly, just some more thoughts that are in my head that aren't just aren't related to what we talk about and cover and predict on the weekly huddle up podcast shows. So, um, these like observation shows, reaction shows, um, thoughts, rambling thoughts of a sports, uh, radio host, uh, sports podcast host, um, whatever, whatever we want to call them. Um, that's what this is going to be. And like I said, I'm going to try to do these, um, weekly, um, sometime over the weekend as, uh, as the mood strikes, sometimes it'll be like today I'm recording this, uh, Saturday night, uh, after, um, college, the day of college football and, uh, game two of the world series, uh, which I'll, I'll touch on during the, uh, the observations, but I just wanted to give this a little bit of an intro here, um, and, and, and what the, what the feed is and what I plan to do with it. And, and, um, the addition to the, this is like a bonus uh, to our to our weekly live uh, video shows. This is audio only, um, and uh, the, the just a you know it's 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 just a, a little bit a little bit more. It's a little bit more for me to uh, kind of get off my chest and 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 uh, um, just a little bit of a different format than our weekly shows. So um, if you enjoy it, uh, I sincerely hope you uh, share it with somebody and and uh, encourage them to do the same. Um, and, and this does not change. We will still continue to be live each and every, uh, Tuesday night, uh, on our, uh, on our, on our feed. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's get to it. All right. So the first thing on my mind, uh, this week is, um, the news of the, of Tom Brady's divorce, uh, went, went official, went final, uh, a couple weeks ago or a month ago. I kind of lose track of time, but the the reports that they were meeting with divorce attorneys so so the the finalization uh, I don't think there was to me wasn't shocking a lot of people react to it like oh my god they're getting divorced and, well we 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 knew that we we basically knew that um 
that uh, that that it was headed that way. They were meeting with divorce lawyers, uh, but I guess this week it is uh, it is finalized. And and I and I saw a couple of tweets from from people that I follow and people in, in sports media and media in general. And we're like, oh man, we're we're witnessing Tom Brady's life crumble before his before our eyes. And I went, okay, um, can we can we just uh, slow the car down, pull it to the side, collect our thoughts here? Um, look, I am not I am not saying that the uh, the divorce. And and everything that Tom Brady's family is going through uh, is not uh, is not sad for him and his family, for him and his, you know, for him and Giselle and their kids and their extended families. That's not what I'm saying. Um, you know, I'm sure it is. No, no matter how rich and famous and how much money you have, um, when when a marriage um, ends in divorce, I'm, I'm like it, I'm. It's got to be. Uh, it's got to be hard. Absolutely. The, 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 remember. No matter who they are, these Tom Tom Brady, Giselle, uh, they are both human beings. Okay, um, so that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that it's not sad for them, for their families, um, for for fans of theirs on both sides. But um, my, you know, tap the brakes comment is we're not seeing Tom Brady's life collapse before our eyes. Okay. Um, yes, this season, uh, right now the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, um, are three and five. They have not had a good start to the season. Uh, Tom Brady has looked average, which when you're talking about arguably, yes, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, um, looking average is not what we're used to seeing. Um, but like in any sport, including pro wrestling, yes, it's sport, it's sports entertainment, but also sport, um, there is one person that is undefeated, and that's Father Time. Um, so are, are we seeing the end of Tom Brady's career because he just can't do it anymore? Or are we seeing the end of Tom Brady's career because of all the, you know, are we seeing this decline because of all the, the things going on in his personal life? Probably a little bit of both. Um, is it sad to see the end of a, of a career this great um, go go down the way it is? Sure. Uh, should Tom Brady have stayed retired? No. If Tom Brady didn't want to retire or didn't want to stay retired, then then that's his prerogative. You don't like it? That's fine. I'm I'm I've never been a fan of of guys retiring and unretiring and retiring and un, unretiring. You know, it's not. Not my thing. I didn't even like it when Jason Witten, my favorite Dallas Cowboy of all time, did it. So it's not an attack on Brady or uh, anybody else. Um, but if he didn't want to retire or he decided he changed his mind, that's his prerogative. Doesn't doesn't look great. Can he recover? You know, is now that the divorce is final, is his head going to be clear and he can focus more on football? We'll see. We'll see Snutton, you know, they already played. They already lost this week to Baltimore on Thursday Night Football, so we'll have to wait uh, another week to find out. Um, but Tom Brady's life is not crumbling before our eyes. Look, he's, he's again, is it sad? Sure. I'll give him that. I'll give you that. Absolutely. Is, is it's got to be hard for him, a human being, to go through this, him and his wife and his family? Absolutely. I'm not taking that away. However, he's a multimillionaire 
uh, six-time Super Bowl champion, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, uh, tons of sponsorship, has his own clothing line, um, you know, has has played in those uh, celebrity golf matches on TNT, the the for charity multiple times. Um, uh, he is uh, a tremendous athlete with supermodel good looks and um and he has an analyst gig at fox whenever he does actually retire from active playing tom brady is going to land on his feet tom brady is going to be fine um you know he has been he has been in a in a high profile relationship before giselle and he will probably be in one after Giselle. I think Tom Brady will be fine. We are not watching his life crumble before our eyes. We are watching the end of a public marriage with two celebrities. Um, it is sad for absolutely for them, for their for fans of theirs, for their kids, for their extended families, one hundred percent. But but just ta- let's tap the brakes on um on on. The overreaction to the Tom and Giselle news. Uh, Speaking of overreactions, changing gears here to the National Hockey League, we're a couple weeks into the season, and uh, some of my favorite overreactions, now I'm a Washington Capitals fan, so it has has to, and I live in Pennsylvania, so the the, the biggest observations I have seen, um, and there there was an article my brother shared with me or a clip from like the NHL power rankings, I think from NBC Sports, he said. And it had the Flyers above the Capitals, which honestly, to this point so far, I can't argue with. The Capitals have had a slow start. The, 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 the Flyers have had uh, far beyond expectations, uh, even in the early going. So I can't argue with it. Um, I, the, in the, I'm, I'm fairly, I'm not 100% sold that Ernest DJ Christian of the Huddle Up podcast, um, did not write these power rankings because he was the it, it, the power rankings that that I saw had John Tortorella, the new head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, named as uh could potentially be a uh, a Jack Adams Coach of the Year, uh, winner based on like four games. Again, Flyers, uh, absolutely have exceeded expectations so far, and and. To me, this isn't this isn't a hundred percent surprising, because I've told f- friends of mine who are Flyers fans that when they hired John Tortorella, were not happy about it. I said, "Look, John Tortorella is an asshole. N- there's no way. There's no other way to put it. Okay, he's an asshole. But, but, and here's the caveat: he is a he knows how to get the best out of his players. He took." Uh, the the Tampa Bay Lightning to a Stanley Cup. He took the Columbus Blue Jackets to multiple uh, uh, uh playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. I'm talking about playoffs. Yeah, John Tortorella took the Columbus Blue Jackets to, to the playoffs. He's a great coach. He's an asshole, but he's a great coach. There's a lot of great coaches who are also assholes. That's not news. So, but the coach of the year after four games, overreaction. Another overreaction 
from uh, from this power ranking was that the Washington Capitals, who are out to a slow start, um, that that Alex Ovechkin has quote lost his touch. He's thirty seven. Okay. He's thirty seven. He uh, tonight he had an empty net goal, his fourth goal of the year. He's at seven eighty four for the season. Um. The Caps have a lot of new faces on their team. They're also missing Tom Wilson, uh, who was a top-line right winger. They're missing Nicholas Backstrom, who has been Alex Ovechkin's number, you, you know, right-hand man for his basically his entire career. Okay? So, it's a, yeah, it's a rough start. But to declare Ovechkin's lost his touch, calm down. He scored 50 goals last year. At 36 years old, okay. Let's let's tap the brakes on a couple of games into the season on a guy losing his touch. This is a couple days ago. So right now, Philadelphia Flyers still sitting on on top of the metropolitan metropolitan division, five two and one. They're sitting at 11 points. Uh they're tied with the Carolina Hurricanes as of right now. Uh right behind them though is a four way tie for second: the New Jersey Devils, New York New York Islanders. New York Rangers. Oh, and those lost their touch. Washington Capitals all sitting at 10 points. Okay. 5-4-0. They're Washington Capitals. So maybe let's... Same number of wins as the Philadelphia Flyers. Maybe let's chill a bit on, uh, on Ovechkin losing his touch. Okay. Darcy Kemper had his first shutout of the season. New Capitals goaltender. Both Capitals goaltenders are new. We talked about this on on the uh, the the NHL preview. Myself and Mike Bernier. You can check that out in the archives on the Huddle Up podcast feed. But yeah, look, and and this kind of goes along with my next observation. Okay, um, these long season sports: hockey, basketball, baseball. You can react to what you've seen uh, in the early going in the first couple games. Things are things are interesting. Things may be unexpected out of the gate. That's fine. Of course, we're going to react to it. That's what we do. Twitter, Facebook, social media of all any kind, YouTube, podcasts, radio shows, TV shows, new articles, all of it, all the content around sports. It's it's a reaction to what we're seeing. It's fine. Reactions are fine. Um, but like the no long season sport that has a has a season that is over, um, a playoffs hopes dashed. You know, surprising team is a playoff contender three games out of 162. This team was supposed to w- compete for the NBA title. They're dead after a week. This team was supposed to be a playoff contender. There's they're all in four. They're done. Sell it off. Get rid of move the stars to a team that has the chance. No, come on. And look, I'm 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 being overly dramatic. I don't I, I don't know that I saw anybody say that Alex Ovechkin should be traded to a contender 
because the Caps had a slow start. Okay, nothing like that. But like, let's be honest. It, it, look, technically speaking, I get it. If a team l- finishes one game out of first place or one game out of a playoff spot and you lost a game on night one of this season, had that game gone the other way, would you be in the playoffs? Technically speaking, sure. But in reality, like the games at the start of the season are not what makes and breaks a a year. It's that long, it's that three-week slump in the middle of the year. It's that it's it's that game where you throw a bad curveball with two weeks left to play and you give up a walk-off home run. It's that time where you whiff on a shot and the opponent comes back the other way on a breakaway and beats your goaltender to beat you in overtime you you know the, the two, with two games left and that that's the backbreaker. Those those are truly the games that cost the season. It's not the games early on. Because I, I compare it to golf because I'm a golfer. I I love par fours and par fives. I hate par threes. Because a par three, if you hit a bad tee shot, you are most likely not going to par that hole. Because if you hit a bad tee shot, now you have to hit a, a good or great second shot to put yourself in a position to sink the par putt. On a par four or a par five, you hit a bad tee shot. Okay, give me my, give me a hybrid, give me a, a long iron. I'm going to be able to get down, you know, closer to a wedge shot to get in and and make that make that birdie or par. I'm going to be able to recover on a longer hole than I am on a par three. So in in the NFL, if you have a if you have an zero and two start, that might break your season. If you go one and three in the first month of the year, that might break your season because you only have 17 games. And I'm glad I remembered 17 because the NFL is uneven now. Thanks, Roger Goodell. Make it 18. Go back to 16. I, I please. I need symmetry in my football. But 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 in in, in real, I mean, look at look for prime example, and it's in college. But prime example, Notre Dame this year. They lost to Ohio State. They, they came in the year, what, pre-ranked five, six? I think it was five. Way too high. Obviously, we see this now. But they, they started the year they lost at Ohio State. No big deal. Ohio State's ranked second in the country. You can recover from this. Week two, you lose to Marshall. Done. Season, in terms of college football playoff, over. You know, if the Golden State Warriors come out of the gate, one in five, they can still recover. Hit a great recovery shot in the month of November. You're back, okay? No, nothing, nothing is panic worthy in long term season sports. In in the first week or two, it just isn't. These games matter less. To me, that that's not. I get it's an opinion. But to me, it's not debatable. Games at the end of a season matter more than the games at the start. So like in, in hockey, games in 
Late February, March, and early April matter more than games in October. In baseball, games in September matter more than games in early May. It j- they just do. Because there's a smaller there's a smaller window for things to change. You know, most things are already set. When you get to a September and mid-September, teams are clinching. Playoff spots are going away. Magic numbers start to appear. What's your magic number in baseball in the third week of the season? What's your magic number in the NHL or the NBA in October? There isn't one. Because everybody has the biggest magic number. Because there's 80 games in front of you, or 70 games in front of you, or 65 games in front of you. Okay? Do they matter? Yes. Do they Do they ultimately make or break a season? They do not. No matter how close a league is, because every team is going to have waves of, of greatness, and every team is going to have times where they struggle. Back speaking of bat, struggling and, and and let's go back to the NFL. Um, th- we 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 talk about it every week on on the live huddle up shows. That 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 every week we think is this the week where I'm going to learn something? No, it, we we're 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 in week eight. We we still don't know anything, but. A lot of that, I think, is derived on preseason expe- and expectations, preseason predictions, preseason thoughts. Okay, preseason, the Giants were going to be one of the worst teams. Preseason, uh, the Seattle Seahawks were going to be one of the worst teams. Preseason, the Atlanta Falcons, a.k.a. Fraudcons, we're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. The New York Jets, we're going to be lucky to win a game or two. Okay? The Denver Broncos. Oh, the Denver Broncos. Thanks, Homer. Uh, we're going we're going to compete for the AFC West. Well, they are competing for the AFC West. The basement of the AFC West. They're competing for the basement of the of the NFL power rankings. Okay. The Green Bay Packers were going to be kings of the North again. The Detroit Lions were going to be f- frisky. There you go, EJ. That one's for you, my friend. I had the Lions going to the playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah, I know, Jim Mora. Thank you. The Lions are not going to the playoffs. At this point, they would be lucky to win a damn game. So maybe we need to forget what we thought we knew and start to react to what we know in front of us. Okay? Again, do I think the new do I do I think the New York Giants bubble is going to burst? I do. But with every week and they keep winning, maybe it won't. Maybe I'm wrong. 
maybe Geno Smith is better than Russell Wilson. No, I'm not going there. However, what I am saying is maybe, and I hate giving credit to this guy, but maybe Pete Carroll's system in Seattle is is set up for for success for quarterbacks. I'm not saying Russell Wilson is a quote-unquote system quarterback. I'm not going down that road. However, Russ ain't cooking in Denver. Geno's cooking the leftovers in Seattle. That's all I'm saying. Geno Smith this year looks like the better quarterback. Seattle is winning this this situation right now. You know, Atlanta, yeah, I get it. They're three and four, sitting atop of the AFC South. And I've been saying, I've been saying for weeks on my Twitter at Big Jim Sports, bing. Is maybe we need to start having a real conversation about the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not the the discuss the the the, the conversation about them not winning their division. Let's start having the, the real conversation about the Green Bay Packers and Say the Aaron Rodgers quarterbacked Green Bay Packers and the Tom Brady quarterbacked Tampa Bay Buccaneers not making the NFL playoffs. Playoffs? Thanks, Jim. Mora, not me. But we know that already. Because those two situations are very real. With every passing week that the Packers don't figure it out, that the Buccaneers don't figure it out, they get one step closer. Again, smaller window, right? The NFL season's a par three. Going back to our last observation, our last topic. The NFL season's a par three. Those other sports are par fours and fives. So maybe NBA, NHL, those are par fours. Baseball's a par five. Okay, golfers, still with me. Everybody else going, Jim, what the hell are you talking about? Trust me. Trust me. So the the Buccaneers, they, 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 the, the Bucks and the Packers may not make it, okay? The Patriots might not make it. The Jets might be a playoff team this year. Playoffs. I'm not going there again. Like, We need to start, at least for this year. I I don't know if this is big picture stuff. I don't know if the Falcons are turning into something, if the Bucs are falling apart, if this is the end of the Packers dynasty. Dear God, would I be happy to see the Packers go away for a while. They've hurt me the way Tom Brady and the Patriots hurt a lot of teams. The, the, The Packers have hurt me as a Cowboys fan too many times. I'll be happy to see that team go away for a while. But we're at the point. Next week is week nine, the midway point of the NFL season. We need to start realizing that the things we're seeing in the NFL this year are the things that we're seeing week to week. That this year, Seattle might be good. Are they better than the Rams who they're currently sitting ahead of? I don't think so. Are they better than the Niners? I don't think so. But the Niners got to start figuring it out. The Rams have to get healthy and figure it out. The Rams have a small window because they have an aging quarterback. The 49ers don't have a quarterback. 
Seattle doesn't have a long-term quarterback. Geno, Geno Smith is not a long-term option. I also don't think Pete Carroll's a long-term coach anymore. But for this year, maybe it works. For this year, because of everything going on around them, maybe the, the Atlanta Falcons are a division winner. Worst division in football, yeah. Although the AFC South might have something to say about that. But overall, NFC South is the worst right now. Close. It's closer than we might think. But we need to start realizing that the things we're being told in front of our eyes are possibly real. Um, fifth observation. Uh, World Series. Uh, game two was tonight. Uh, technically last night as I've passed the midnight hour here. Um, series is tied 1-1. The Phillies had an incredible comeback in game one. They were down five. They won six, five, and ten innings. Tonight, not so much. Well, the, the final ended up being five to one. I actually have to look at it. Because I'm trying to block it out of my mind already. Five to two. Series even. Incredible comeback uh, in game one. What what an absolute blast. I mean, you, you start that game, it's like, man, this could not, this series could not have started worse for Philadelphia. Down five, Verlander's cooking. Nola doesn't look great. It's gotten rocked in three innings. And then all of a sudden it turns. Phillies get back, tie it up. Castellanos makes an incredible catch in the ninth to 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 keep that game alive. Real Muto in the tenth, the home run. Shut them shut the Astros down the bottom ten. Phillies get an incredible victory. The stats, some of the stats uh, regarding the Phillies' comeback was, was spectacular. Tonight, bad start. Couldn't recover from it. Go back to Philly. Um, there were some reports of illegal bats being used by one of the Astros players. There, there was people calling into question like spin rates and things as uh, the Astros pitcher kept like touching his, touching his cheek, rubbing his hand. Look... I'm not saying the Astros are cheating, okay? I'm not. However, anytime you see stuff like that, hell, I even saw the fact that that the Astros' bats were alive immediately in the start of tonight's game. Immediately, people were like, hmm, it's weird how they almost seem like they know what pitches are coming. And I saw some Astros fans like whining, like, oh, you, you can't, you can't bring up the, you, you know, you're always calling us cheaters because you were, you were literal cheaters. Okay. You, you don't, you don't get the shadow of a doubt anymore. You don't, you don't get to sit there and play innocent anymore. You were caught cheating and your organization was barely punished by baseball, practically unpunished. So I don't, I don't want to hear it from Astros fans who are mad that people are accusing them of possibly going through this series not clean. I'm not saying they're cheating. I'm just saying that if people want to call things into question, if they have evidence, I think baseball should look at it, see it through, but... 
enough of that. I don't want to go. I don't want to go down the conspiracy road. I don't. Um, next three games are in Philly. Okay. Uh, series tied one one. Phillies have still right now have a chance to win the next three, clinch it at home, and start the parade and start the celebration South Philly at Citizens Bank Park. I don't think either team is winning the next three games. But what I do think is that 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 the next three games are obviously more critical to Philadelphia. Remember we were talking about that par three, par four, par five stuff? We're in we're in part we're in par three territory here, big time. Uh I think it's critical for the Phillies to take at least two of the next three. If they want to win this series. You, I, if you need to go back to Houston and win both, I think you've put yourself in a real bad spot. So if you can take, obviously take three, take the whole thing at home, absolutely. That'd be great. But I think two out of three. To go back to Houston and only have to win one of the two, That's to me that's more do, that's doable. You're in big trouble, I think, if, you're, if you go back to Houston having to win, uh, having to win both. Now, I've been talking the from the intro through all of this uh, that these bonus uh, observation shows um, are going to be five observation. I lied for this one. I'm going to give a little bonus. I'm going to give a bonus to the bonus. A uh, was it a PSS to the PS? Uh, if you're writing a letter, um. Notre Dame today uh, beat Syracuse, the number 16 team in the country. Now, much like their win over number 16 BYU a few weeks ago, do I think that Syracuse is the number 16 team in the country? I do not. That's neither here nor there. Beat the number 16 team in the country, Syracuse, 41-24 to today. On the road. Another big road win for Notre Dame. Um, their inconsistency... I get it. First year head coach, first time head coach. Um, but the inconsistency is so frustrating. They started the year at Ohio State, lost a close one. That's fine. Next week you lose to Marshall at home. That's bad. Start the year 0 and two. You got to you you know you come back. You beat Cal. You uh, beat North Carolina on the road. You uh, travel to. Las Vegas for the Shamrock Series game, stand defeated by beating number 16 at the time, BYU. You get a week off, you come home, lose to a one-win Stanford team. Now you have two bad losses at home. You come out now, you go on the road, it's Carrier Dome, tough place to play. It's done weird things to, to better teams. And you 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 pound you pound the ball, hundreds of yards rushing, forty one twenty four win. The inconsistency is maddening. But I was talking to a friend of mine, Jordan, and he was like, "Look, you're you're gonna have these bumps in the road. It's first year head coach, got to be patient." Yeah, you're right. I got used to winning ten games. I mean, look. Uh, I'm sure this Tuesday on Huddle Up, on the live show, we're going to talk about LSU and Alabama coming up next week, and I'll have, I, I'll have a chance to vent about Brian Kelly. 
But I got used to winning 10 games. I mean, four straight 10-win seasons. No other coach besides Brian Kelly has ever done that at Notre Dame. Fact. You know, so... I just... I, I, I got to remind myself to be a little bit more patient with Notre Dame. Um that uh, I, I trust Marcus Freeman. I, th- this team has shown signs of greatness this year. They've they've shown signs of the complete opposite. But I, I gotta cling to the I gotta cling to the good signs and uh, and, and hope for the future. But um yeah it, it's I got it, it's it's they now now they have Clemson. And I had to la- I laughed my ass off during the Michigan game. Um Todd Blackledge, color commentator in the Michigan game said that uh you know they're like they were looking at the schedules and and uh teams cuz the first college football playoff rankings come out uh this coming Tuesday we're going to have a live reaction to them um when they come out this week on on Huddle Up Live but Todd Blackledge said uh something on the along the lines of number uh number 5 for Clemson cuz I think he had them as their number 5 as his number 5 number 5 Clemson is going to have a hard test at Notre Dame next week Brr-brr. What? A hard test? Notre Dame has lost to Marshall and Stanford at Notre Dame Stadium this year. I love the Irish. I love Notre Dame. But to call Clemson going into Notre Dame a hard test this year. Now, granted, the last time Clemson came to Notre Dame, Notre Dame won during the COVID season. Number three in the country versus number one in the country. Can lightning strike twice? I sure hope so. I hate Dabo, sweetie. I hate Clemson. I don't see it happening, though. Clemson's a better team. They are the better team, period. But but as Coach Herm Edwards said, you play to win the game. We'll see what happens next week. I'm not holding my breath. I'm actually going to be at a concert with my stepdad. I'm not even going to see the game live. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but Todd Blackledge, uh, thank you for the laugh uh, on a Saturday night. Um, but uh, that's going to do it for this. Uh, the first of uh, of this uh, bonus observation podcast. Uh, just again, thoughts uh, thoughts in my head as the week goes on. I'm gonna like I, I said in the intro. Going to try to do these um, as as I as we go. Uh, hopefully uh, every weekend here moving forward at least during football season as we do these live shows um, to uh, to keep the content out there. But uh, make sure you are subscribed. If you are not subscribed to the show, if you're checking us out for the first time, I appreciate that. Uh, please um, hit the subscribe button on any uh, and all podcast platforms uh, that you are part of. Head to our the link tree in our social media that is at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, the link tree is there. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, and also check out our merchandise over at uh, tpublic.com. Uh, we dropped another uh, Phillies-related design uh, this week, so there's a couple of those. There's there's some to match a lot of the different sports teams uh, and more, so check it out. 30-plus great designs, and uh, if you have feedback on the show, let us know. Rate and review on the podcast platform uh, that you do so choose to subscribe to us on, and if you enjoy the show, please, I ask this every week, or I try to, um, 
share the show with at least one uh, person that you think might enjoy it and encourage them to do the same. Until Tuesday night when we talk to you live, I hope you stay safe. You have a great rest of your week and have a great Halloween on Monday um, if you are listening to this before then. Otherwise, I hope you have a great uh, Arbor Day or Thanksgiving or Christmas or whenever you come across uh, this episode. And uh, until we talk to you again, uh, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win.